You're listening to the Harris Beach Podcast, a show that explores evolving issues in the law and how they shape organizations, the way business is conducted, and how we live and work. The information provided in this episode does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials are for general informational purposes only. Thanks for listening. Here's today's host. Welcome to the Harris Beach Podcast. My name is Brian Carnavali. I'm today's host. Technology is helping law firms serve clients more efficiently by tackling labor-intensive tasks, enabling attorneys to focus on providing the greatest benefit to the client. This opens the door to new ways of supporting client goals by providing effective counsel focused on forward-thinking solutions. Harris Beach subsidiary, Citra.io, was founded with those exact goals in mind. Citra.io software product, Symmetric, helps organizations like schools, governments, businesses, and not-for-profits stay in compliance with a growing number of worldwide cybersecurity and data privacy regulations. Symmetric software automates the creation of the policies and controls that an organization needs to follow to stay in compliance with specific regulations. This saves clients in legal fees or time spent by in-house counsel, risk managers, and IT professionals. It helps them save time on researching and deciphering requirements to stay in compliance with policies and controls. Because Symmetric is based on research and review of legal requirements by cybersecurity attorneys at Harris Beach, clients can be confident that legal counsel is behind the delivered documents and protocol standards. So with that as background, today's episode of the Harris Beach podcast welcomes Chris Yeagle, CEO of Harris Beach, Alan Winchester, the leader of the firm's cybersecurity practice, and Mike Campisi, president of the Citra subsidiary. We'll explore why Harris Beach started Citra.io and broadly discuss technology-driven and other types of disruptions to the traditional practice of law. Chris, I'll start with you to set the stage for us. Uh, Harris Beach is a 165-year-old law firm that's adapted over many years to support the changing needs of clients. Where'd that value of innovation and ingenuity come from? And what does firm leadership do to continue to encourage it? I'd say from the outset, uh, with the very founding of the firm by Ed Harris, innovation has been at the core of Harris Beach. Ed Harris was an integral part of, of beginning a number of new Rochester business associations that helped foster uh, the, the business community in Rochester um, at the outset of the Industrial Revolution. And throughout its history, we've continued uh, that tradition. Um, as an example, Harris Beach wrote the very first uh, lease of a Xerox copier when uh, the Haloid company was turning into Xerox company many years ago. And Harris Beach was uh, customer number one of the local Blue Cross and Blue Shield affiliate uh, providing a healthcare plan uh, for its employees. Um, in, in many ways, uh, uh, innovation is something that we've, we've always been forward looking, always been thinking about what's coming next, how to best prepare for it for ourselves and most importantly for our clients. If you could share a few examples of, of how the firm has changed to look for new ways to serve clients more fully. Sure. So the firm branched out into providing services in addition to legal services around 20 years or so ago. Uh, at the time, there were a number of healthcare institutions that were looking for ways to affiliate and merge. And while we were involved in a number of those transactions on the legal side, 
there were a number of transactions that had already had lawyers on both sides of the transaction, but they were looking for assistance in how to structure them. And we had uh, real expertise in that area. And so we provided uh, those structuring services. And we also were getting a lot of uh, requests from our clients for support in areas that were in addition to the, the practice of law. For example, if they had a crisis issue that they were dealing with, they were looking for help with crisis communications. Um, if they had, if they were a relatively small uh, enterprise and didn't know uh, their IT from uh, anything else, they wanted some help there or, or in HR and, and things like that. Um, we also had the, the luxury of a really talented uh, facilities practice. And we, were, we found that clients were really interested in using uh, their services to help them uh, design and construct their new office space, to help them uh, moving uh, uh, from one office to another, uh, et cetera. So over time, as we were doing more and more of these, and to a large degree at the request of clients who wanted to be able to separate for their own purposes, the legal services that we were providing and other services that we were providing, we spun off those operations into separate subsidiaries. So we formed HB Solutions, which is a consulting group, uh, HB Cornerstone, which is that owner's rep service business I was talking about, uh, eInfo, which is an e-discovery document management service. Uh, we also created another company that uh, helped automate compliance with the ACA service. We actually spun that one off uh, a couple of years ago. Um, and then most recently, of course, we formed Citra IO. And the idea for developing the more efficient way for clients to manage data privacy came from Alan. Alan, tell us more. Tell us about the impetus for creating the software. Well, I think it was multifactorial, but the probably the strongest drive was that we were having clients struggling with compliance with the many regulations dealing with data privacy and security. So, you know, if you think about uh, a client in the healthcare sector, they have HIPAA, they have um, regulations involving sharing of data overseas. If they have an op, you know, a lab or something in Europe, they have employees over, they have, they may have an education component or FERPA. They could have a number of regulations that apply to them and each of them had a tremendous administrative drain on them. So think of like barnacles attaching to the side of a ship, you know, it just each regulation would slow it down, drag it down, make it harder and harder for them to comply so that suddenly their compliance programs were starting to outstrip the actual security and privacy programs that they were providing for their, their data subjects. And so they started coming to us saying, isn't there some way we could do it and then have everything, you know, just do one thing and then have it take care of all the compliance. And so, um, we thought about that for a bit and we said, yeah, th there is. If we if we focus on doing security and doing privacy and then show how those tasks relate back to compliance, it lets the, the organization do one thing, the security and the privacy, and then a software could take track of, of how that just, you know, satisfies their regulatory compliance obligations and, and the like. So So that was one side of it. The other side of it was we found we were doing a lot of the same thing over and over again. And, and that you know should be for anyone an, an alarm bell that if you're doing the same thing over and over again, it's probably time to automate it and, and put some business logic and process into it. And so you know, we came up with the idea of the, the software to, to deliver on these, these challenges and needs. So let's dive a little bit deeper on, on that 
business model. So uh, theoretically, this would be a tool that uh, helps client gain help clients gain efficiencies, right? That would potentially take away from the services that attorneys would provide. So why that model? Yeah, why, why would we want to cannibalize our legal business? Exactly, it's a good question. Um, it, you know, so I think I think it's two things. First is. Um, you know, there's a huge demand for the service anyway, and we were getting gummed up on a lot of stuff that was procedural and not really innovative. So it, it, it freed up us to think about the, the real work that needs to be done on behalf of clients. The, the, the second is um, for, for many clients of the firm, especially smaller mid-sized companies, they, they were not doing it at all, right? So the, 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 the idea of of compliance was if, if I get tagged or if I get breached or if something horrible happens, I've got insurance or I'm going to lose the business, but I can't afford to, I can't afford to take what profit I do have after I pay salaries, pay for IT infrastructure, pay. I can't afford to, to do um, security on top of that and compliance on top of that. If I get tagged, then the business goes under, but what's the point of paying lawyers or paying, you know, so in a way, this this actually gave us more access to clients than we had previously, because there's a whole other market that really needs the service, but it allows them now access to the thought processes of Harris Beach, to the, the legal work, do the, the, the huge amount of legwork of sort of laying the foundation through software. But then when you need a lawyer to talk about a specific challenge, a specific problem, a specific thing, we can then address that in a more meaningful way. And it's really helpful for us because once they've gone from a sort of ad hoc security program where they're just fixing stuff that breaks to a programmatic structure that, you know, Mike and his group is running through the Symmetric platform, they're now running with controls, they're doing stuff. We can talk about how a specific information system relates to that control and if it's good enough or not. And we're having a meaningful conversation about something that we can address rather than just sort of a global thing that really doesn't advance the ball at all. And so it, it, I think it's been good for the firm in the sense that we're, we're getting more clients than we would otherwise. And we're good for the clients because they're not wasting money on, on sort of the, the foundational stuff that really anything should be able to do for them. Yeah. That, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. Now I'm going to assume that it's, you can set me straight, but I, I'm going to assume that it's highly unusual for a law firm to develop a software product. Um, Assuming that's the case, how did you go about that? Why did we ultimately decide that that was best to do in-house? I, th I think it is. I mean, people joke that law firms are where technology goes to die. Um, so, so there is, you know, there is a grain of truth to that. But I think that law firms have great innovation. You know, a lot of a lot of lawyers may not be particularly tech savvy, so they may not embrace technology the same way. But I think that's changing in a lot of law. You know. I think there's a lot of room and a lot of innovation happening in law firms. You know, Chris talked about the work that we're doing uh, and software is becoming more and more uh, something you're seeing coming out of law firms. So, you know, it is there. How do we do it? We started with an internal model, sort of as a proof of concept to see if the idea, you know, so, so Symmetric, the, the way, which is the product that, that Citra puts out, the Symmetric product, um, basically reduces all regulatory requirements to a set of specific controls that if an organization does those things, it knows that it's basically doing what the regulation requires. And so in a way, the controls become 
not to be too philosophical about this, but it becomes like a meta system that allows you to look at any regulation. So, you know, if you if you have a really complex problem and there's many of them, it, sometimes if you take a step up and look down at it from another system, it lets you, it makes it easier to see. And so that's how we use controls by having specific technologically focused uh, cybersecurity controls in place. You can basically like a mosaic, use them to, to paint a tapestry, if you will, for any regulation. And, and you could do multiple regulations with the same controls. We wanted to see, did that actually work? And so we did it in-house at first and it did work. And that, that, was, that was satisfying relief, uh, any number of things, because there was a lot of time just getting to that point, let alone figuring out that we could use controls to, to address regulations. Once, once we got that, then we knew that, well, this looked like something that you know, we did in-house, that's not good enough. And so then, then we hired a real development company who, who knew like the Google Angular, knew all the, 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 the hosting environments that it's in because it's running in the cloud. It let, it let us um, take it up a level because it looked like something that, you know, it didn't, it didn't look polished. And so building in the security, building in the robust structure, all that stuff took experts and that, that we didn't have because um, as you say, we are a law firm. But but you can get that, and we got it, and we got a great business partner to do that for us. So so that's amazing. Mike, I want to get to you in a second to talk a little bit about the product. But Alan, just backtrack for one second for listeners that aren't as familiar, aren't as steeped in cybersecurity. Number one, tell us what a control is, mm-hmm. and number two, what type of regulations are we talking about? Yeah. So a control. I think people think of controls a lot, but they don't realize it. Like you know, in the financial world, like sometimes if you want to write a check that's over a certain size, it requires two signatures. Or if you want to do a wire transfer, the bank has to make a phone call back to, you know, and validate the authenticity of the, the call. Those are controls that an organization has. Uh, they, the same controls exist in cybersecurity. So, you know, you think of now you go to log on in your bank and, and you have, you know, a little message comes up on your iPhone or your, your, your tablet, you know, approving that, you know, saying that you, that a login attempt was made to the account, do you approve it? And you click yes on your, your phone or whatever. That is a control in the, in the NIST world, it's IA211. It has actually a name that you, you use a second device to do it. And there are many, many, many controls uh, around that. So that one is called two-factor authentication. And there are, there are so many controls out there that you can, you know, when you look at a regulation like HIPAA, you know, if you go into your doctor's office, they, they will say, like, you, you'll see the doctor log on, it will say last logged in on a certain time. That's another control that you can have. And the value of that control is if, if you didn't last log on at that time, you know someone else did. And you probably ought to let your IT department know that so that they can figure out what happened. So these are all examples of controls. And the HIPAA regulation requires that. So if you find the control that, that is in that HIPAA regulation, then you map it to it, and that's part of how you could show the organization is satisfying HIPAA. And there's many ones like that for DFS, which is the Department of Financial Services. There's ones for, for GDPR in terms of giving data subjects, right? You, know, you can find a control in NIST, or you can make one up yourself, um, and we do that too, that will fulfill the entire uh, schism of, of the of the regulation so you could just you can build out and cover the entire regulation with controls and if you do those controls then you're doing the regulation and that's that's the whole point right do the controls do the security 
and let the compliance take care of itself. So that's that's the idea of a control. And then your your second question was remind me again because well, I've been babbling. You you mentioned HIPAA. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, yeah, you yeah. mentioned DFS. So others. Uh, there's uh, CMMC. There's yeah, there the New are. York Shield Act. There's there's others. So you know any of the listeners can go to Citra.io, learn a little bit more about those regulations and how Symmetric uh, plays a role in helping organizations remain compliant. Well, that's absolutely right. And and we support many of them like GDPR, uh, the, the New York Shield, as you mentioned, HIPAA. We have some of the, the OHIP regulations for, for Medicaid data. Um, there's a whole list on the, on the website that we support. And if, if, if there's a demand for another one, we just do it. The, the challenge for doing them is once we do the regulation, we have to maintain it. So anytime a court decision comes down or there's new guidance from industry or an, uh, an auditor comes in or, or a regulator comes in and, and you know comes to one of our clients and says something else, then we 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 look to update the model, you know, and the controls we assign and the recommendation we give about how they're configured back to the group so that the collective benefits from any individual's experience, it, you know, rather than a static publication, it remains a living dynamic uh, environment in which companies can maintain their, their privacy and security programs. And that that's the key to the product, right? Is it stays alive and it stays current, which, you know, is, is something that a law firm can't really do easily because we write an opinion letter. It's true as of that moment, but it doesn't, it doesn't persist uh, here we keep the, the database current with whatever the latest findings are in the law or the guidance from industry. So, you know, just to close that out, a, a ton of work that the platform has to take on, but the benefit is to the end user who does not have to stay up to speed on all those changing dynamics. It's done for them. For sure. I mean, we sort of view that as crowdsourcing, right? The, 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 you know, we can do it on behalf of many once and distribute that knowledge out. Whereas, you know, I know from uh, from you know people that work in healthcare, people that work in some of the financial groups, an individual's two thirds of an individual's time can be spent, you know, staying current on on what's required, which isn't helping the company at all because all they are is learning about the law. So here here we can do it once and then distribute that knowledge out to many. So again, it's the crowdsourcing, and so it's a, I think it's a win win for everyone. Mike, you've stayed patient uh, through, through the start of the podcast. Thank you. So as a reminder, Mike Campisi is the president of Citra.io. Um, Mike, a couple questions. So uh, number one, just generally speaking, how are clients responding to the product, the Symmetric product? And um, are there particular markets that seem to be showing the most interest? I, I think generally the response is, is very positive. The There's a general intrigue that a law firm is backing an early stage or venture backing an early stage software company, which was is, is fairly unique, as we talked about earlier. Um, but from my perspective, it that backing of this 165 year old firm gives me as a as a as a as a business instant credibility where most early stage companies don't have that 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 luxury. So it's a really unique business proposition and, and people are intrigued by it. Uh, and they always appreciate the idea of getting legal counsel involved in uh, in some of the things that they do, if, especially if they don't have to pay for it in the, in the traditional concept of time and hours and things like that. From a product perspective, you know, it's it solves a major problem for a lot of organizations. What we see in the market is 
particularly in the small to medium-sized enterprise space where they don't have the expertise, they don't have the resources, uh, they don't, this is not their business. Their business is delivering products and service to their customers. Their business is delivering legal opinions and things like that to the to to their client base. What we're doing is taking a big burden off of their hands and saying, hey, here's something that we can do to operationalize your requirements to be compliant with the law or put into place a sound security program that protects you as an organization as well as your customers. And it's a marketing opportunity for them to say that they respect and appreciate the security environment that we're experiencing today and saying we're we're going to take extra care of your of your data because it's important to you it's got to be important to us as well so i think in that context it's it's uh it's it's been very well received from uh, from a market perspective i kind of tapped touched on the you know the small to medium sized enterprise space the reality is this tool can support any size organization regardless of how big or small they are it's just a matter of what resources they have to support it and the way that we approach this this process and 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 the way that the tool works is to kind of position how that compliance requirement is addressed by the technical things that they're most likely doing in a lot of ways already they're just needed to align it to the requirements of the law so when an auditor comes in they are they can clearly articulate to those folks that are interested in what they're doing that this is why we're doing it and here's why it's important. So now what we're actually taking is typically an IT conversation and making it an enterprise risk conversation, which really should incorporate most of the business. And I think that messaging is really beginning to take hold in a in a in the in in the market today just because this is enterprise risk. This is not an IT problem. This is truly and officially an enterprise challenge that they need to they need to address. Ellen touched on a lot of the specific regulations that Symmetric can can support. Um, are there any that are causing your prospect base, your client base, particular concern? Uh, require more effort to remain in compliance with? Just are there any that are kind of bubbling to the surface uh, recently that that have given you particular focus? We've been fortunate to find a very strong niche in the education space, particularly in the K through 12 space, where new mandates to protect student data and teacher administrator data, particularly in New York State, um, we've been very fortunate to find uh, a very receptive audience there. Uh, We we are working with numerous districts around the state and are looking and even expanding into other states where even there, there may not be a regulatory mandate in place, the opportunity to get ahead of those mandates to to create a situation where they're better prepared to deal with something when it comes because there is an ultimate inevitability that these mandates are going to come. They just don't know when. So, you know, we're finding that in the K-12 space specifically, they're educators. They're, they deliver education. They're not security or privacy experts. So they need to depend and rely on partners to help them navigate that. And Symmetric is a wonderful tool to get them there. Uh, in working with some of our business partners who deliver services around compliance and security, which is our part of the, the, the model that we use to, to make sure that our product works really well for our customer base, they're the ones who actually can help them walk down that road from a long-term perspective and create opportunities for better services, evolutionary services as the threat landscapes change, because it is very dynamic and it, it seems to be changing every day. So 
not only does our tool have to evolve to reflect those changes, but the services around it that are delivered by these experts also need to evolve with it as well, which is part of the value proposition. We're seeing also CMMC has been a big shift for the defense industrial base. Correct. Yeah. So Alan's touching on a new requirement that is, in essence, the replacement of the DFARS mandate for defense contractors. Uh, for the first time ever, these defense contractors actually have to have a certified program in place that's independently audited as opposed to attested. So uh, it's putting a significant burden on this defense supply chain and and how they're going to need to respond to contracts moving forward and even if they and if they don't have a certification they will not be able to respond to contracts so we're talking about a significant impact on their ability to conduct business as an organization so this is a huge impact and Alan's spot on in bringing that up because that is a very big deal for 500,000 defense contractors in the supply chain base and even getting them assessed is really hard because there aren't enough people capable of assessing them. I mean, you hear all the time in the news about the job shortage in cybersecurity. Getting people to even look at these defense contractors to certify them. So it's really important that a defense contractor get looked at and pass and not 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 flub it off the off the you know their first swing. So Symmetric with it having the CMMC already in it lets them make sure that they've got it so that they're going to pass before they then go for and have it actually certified by an outside auditor. Yeah. And, and the other thing that, that I think it's important to touch on is the two dynamics that are happening. One is the, the massive ransomware increase, uh, the threat that that represents. Um, so being able to have a program in place that addresses protections and detections and responsiveness to ransomware attacks is, is a key part of any security program. And we have a model for that built into the platform. But equally as important right now, since most organizations are dependent upon cybersecurity insurance as, as, a, as, as a fallback should an incident happen, what we're seeing in the industry today now is that these insurers, underwriters are requiring certain things to be in place just to have a seat at the table for cybersecurity insurance. So if you don't have those things in place, you will not be underwritten or the model is going to change aggressively to reflect more of a co-insurance model where you're going to pay 50% and they're going to pay 50%. So the, the dynamic of insurance becomes very different in that context. So getting ahead of that and putting a program in place that has sound and things uh, that these insurers are asking you to do, if you already have it done, it's going to certainly increase your opportunity for securing underwriting for your insurance. And it's really funny, DFS had a finding in one of their letters where they, they actually reported that cyber insurance was a demotivator to organizations having good cybersecurity. And so they, they, they pointed out the irony of that, right? Because, you know, you have the insurance, now I don't need to have security because if a bad thing happens, I'm covered. By not having insurance or by having the insurance denied, if, if you didn't have all the protections in place, you know, it's going to change that dynamic and takes away a little comfort that some of the, the companies had that they didn't need to have as robust a program. And it's really, I think, where Symmetric could help them build that It's up. an interesting change in the market itself, right, where you see the insurance companies coming in and insisting on this kind of thing because they don't want to be the, uh, the last refuge uh, for those who aren't complying. So uh, it, it actually lines up really well for those businesses that are forward-looking enough to take care of these compliance issues, not just to comply 
um, with the regulations that are out there, but to protect themselves in what is an ever more vicious technological warfare oh uh, that, that we're experiencing. Today. Yeah, I mean, the, the premiums are going through the roof right now. I mean, I think most industry is seeing 25% increase in cyber insurance premiums. And and that's because I understand from one, one insurer, they're, for every dollar in premium they collect, they're spending three. So it went from like a really lucrative business for these insurers to a, to a loss leader now. No question we could spend another 20, 30, 45 minutes on cyber insurance. And I think actually we've got a, a webinar that we're going to be planning where we can explore that in a little more detail. Um, Mike, one other question. In as much as you can disclose it, you know, how might the Symmetric product uh, evolve? Well, Alan touched on it a bit ago where as the regulations continue to proliferate, our ability to bring those new mandates on and map them accordingly uh, is, is a very simple way for us to continue to evolve the platform. Just like any business, you have to evolve to what the market's going to be asking of you. So that's a very simple one. But I think even from, from a longer term perspective, there are so many other industries that have regulatory rigor placed upon them that can be based upon or satisfied by a control set of some sort. So for us to get into things like white collar crime uh, in the financial services market or OSHA or other types of, of regulatory environments that, that a set of controls can satisfy that, it's a very logical extension of where the tool is today. Uh, really wouldn't require much uh, from, well, I always say that to our developers. Um, it, it's, it can be done. And we're, we're pretty excited about that opportunity as, as, as our market continues to expand and, and the automation element that Symmetric brings to the table really can be beneficial to organizations across any industry, vertical or regulatory environment. So that's a very simple way for us to think about where we can go. Um, you know, and then that's, that's just kind of scratching the surface. There's probably a ton of other things we could probably do. And Alan, with his, his brain and the way he thinks about things from a legal perspective, can extend uh, just the value prop of what Symmetric brings to the table as well. So one final question to uh, close things out with Chris, what lessons would you say that you've personally learned from uh, the development of Citra? What has the firm learned? Uh, and ultimately, what do you think those findings might mean for future efforts? Well, I don't know that I've learned something new, but I certainly have had a reaffirmation that um, everything changes and everything is in a constant state of change. And um, I think that we're at a phase in the legal industry now where the rate of change is catching up with the really fast rate of change that we've seen in lots of other areas. So I'm, I'm really excited um, uh, about uh, our future uh, and about products like uh, the Symmetric product that Citra that, uh, uh, that has. Um, the, the innovative spirit that we have at Hair Speech, I think, is going to help us, as, as Mike and Alan were talking about, with some ability to um, develop new products and services that are out there. Because ultimately, the, what, what makes us go is an ability to provide valuable services and products for the customers and clients that we serve. And we need to be listening to how they want those services, how they want those solutions, and put them together in ways that are valuable and effective for them. And this is a great example of something that we've done. We, you know, we continue to be a, a, a large full service firm, and we're going to continue to have our practice, you know, the traditional practice of law. 
But one of the things that we're seeing is that's changing a little bit. And this is an area where we have an ability to uh, lead as we have in the past. And as I, I believe we're going to continue to in the future. So I'm, I'm very excited about things going forward. Well, I really want to thank Chris, Alan, and Mike for joining us today. And for more information about the firm and about Citra, uh, be sure to visit www.harrisbeach.com and www.citra.io. That's C-A-E-T-R-A dot I-O. Thanks for listening to the Harris Beach Podcast. Be sure to visit harrisbeach.com to join the conversation and access show notes. Please rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast.